Welcome to the Benakiba Connects podcast, a podcast exploring the challenges and transformational technology in the insurance industry. Join us as we talk about industry issues and the technology, tactics, and tools that will help your business become a beneficiary first company. We are on a mission to help our clients become customer centric in their approach to claims management with powerful processes, customer experiences, and technology. Now, here's your host, Ashley Oxholm. Good morning and welcome to the Benakiva Connects podcast. I am your host, Ashley Oxholm, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the CEO and president of Homesteaders Life Company, Steve Schaefer. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing great, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Steve is with me, located in the same area here in Des Moines, where Homesteaders is headquartered, when Benakiva is headquartered. And it's a real pleasure to have you, Steve. So why don't you just start out and tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So I've been happily married for 30 years to my wife, Julia. I have two children, both grown, 23 and 27. I would say empty nesters, but I think officially until they get off the cell phone plan, they're not really empty nesters. So (laughs) we're hoping for that sometime in the near term. But we moved to Des Moines for this opportunity to lead homesteaders from Tampa. So that tells you how wonderful my wife was and that she agreed to move here from the warm weather in Tampa. We're experiencing a little snow right now. So it's particularly poignant that we moved here about eight years ago for this opportunity. That is awesome. Congratulations on such a long marriage. That's truly remarkable. Yeah, so- it's not easy. I, I, I credit my wife for putting up with me for that long for the most part. <laughs> I understand that. My husband, I always tell people my husband is one of the best people that I know. Like he's just an, a gem of a person. I'm blessed to have him. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you end up in insurance? Because as we always say, no one intentionally ends up in insurance, but no one leaves once they get here. So tell me a little bit about your background. So funny story, my father was in insurance. He worked for Lincoln National Life for his whole career. And I did not want to be in insurance. In fact, I was adamant I was not going to be in insurance. I started out in public accounting and I had a couple of insurance clients and that really confirmed that I did not want to be in insurance. So my path was a little unique in that I worked for private equity firms in the funeral space for many, many years, over 20 years, building companies um, alongside private equity. And then this opportunity emerged eight or nine years ago to come join Homesteaders. Homesteaders is a unique company in that it serves primarily funeral home customers in planning for their final needs, both their funeral and the funding of that funeral. So it was a good fit for me. I had a financial background and had a lot of experience in the funeral space and was very intrigued by the opportunity to come work for a 117-year-old mutual company that, that was in a little niche space in the industry that was definitely focused on funeral and on the insurance side. That's that's remarkable. Yes, I always tell people, you know, my first job right out of college was processing PNC claims for an insurance carrier. And I, I am truthful. I hated it. I hated every second of every day of doing that. Uh, just because, at, you know, at the time, this this was a good, and I don't want to age myself too much, but this was about 15, 14 years ago. And so the technology at the time, and just to be processing 
claims on these old systems. You know, I truly was like, I cannot wait to find a different job. But somehow, as life would have it, I went and, and worked for software as a service companies for the last 11 years. And then I, I came back around to now blending both of being in the insurance industry, but but still being on the software as a service side. I truly enjoy it. But it, isn't it kind of funny how we're like, oh, I will never do that. And then here we are nevering like we never nevered before. Yeah, it, it's been kind of, it's been kind of fun. Actually, <clears throat> my father was pretty excited when I came back into insurance and, you know, was pretty, you know, pretty thrilled that I actually came back around in the space, albeit in a little bit different space than where he was at when he was in the business. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about homesteaders and the value that they bring to the industry. Why don't you speak just kind of a little bit about your your mission there at Homesteaders? Yeah. So our mission really is focused around helping consumers plan for their end of life needs, particularly their funeral, and funding that so that their family, you know, at that point when death occurs, they don't have to worry about funeral plans and they don't have to worry about who's going to pay for the funeral. And we write about $600 million worth of that business each year in FACE. And we that's about 100,000 policies. And we pay about 60 to 70,000 claims a year. So we pay a lot of claims and we write a lot of new business. But it's a model that works for us. It's a very unique space in that there aren't a lot of carriers in the space. But we are particularly happy with the space. And it fits well for homesteaders. You know, our company has been around for 117 years. And over the last 10 to 15 has really worked hard at pivoting from being a 117-year-old mutual company to being a more modern, you know, innovative, forward-looking company. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of exciting things going on here. I look forward to sharing, you know, some of that as we go through our conversation today. That's, that's awesome. And it's something so needed. I think where a lot of people forget that there's a gap. And this actually, this happened to my stepmom. So this is a very, very real thing is, you know, she was working for her company. She had a life insurance policy through her work. And then she was diagnosed with a a terminal, a terminal cancer diagnosis. And so she had to quit work and go on disability. Well, the minute she quit work, she no longer had life insurance policy. And now she's wearing like, I will eventually pass away sooner rather than later you know, what is my family going to do? You know, funerals and funeral expenses are very expensive and it's just not a stressor that you want thinking about at the end of your life. So I think the space that you guys are in is so needed. It's not, not anything you ever want to need, but everyone will eventually need. And that that's... Yeah, that's one of the things that really excites me about the mission here is that every one of our policies gets utilized to do something to help people. And that was part of my focus in my whole career has been I want to work in businesses that fundamentally help people solve real life problems and positively impact their life. And I used to work a little bit in healthcare, and I that was what I liked about the healthcare side when I was an auditor for Ernst and Young. And now, as I've moved into the funeral space, really feel you know the compelling mission driven component of both the funeral profession and the insurance products that we write really help people at a very difficult time. And we know they're going to get the benefit of it. And we know it really changes the whole experience when everything's planned and everything's paid for. And that gives me a lot of comfort coming to work every day doing what we do. Absolutely. We are currently working with a carrier where they have these things called mission moments, where their mission is proven out in what they do. 
And part of that is offering that excellent experience of getting a payout, whether it's PNC or, or life or whatever. And that really speaks to why I love what I do here at Ben Akiva, because we're able to come along carriers and especially in the life and annuity area, say, hey, like, let's do claims this way so that your clients or your customers, your members or whatever you call them, they get the best service that they possibly can and on one of the worst days of their life. And that yeah, it's interesting because it seems like coming to the profession from outside, it seems like claims has often been, I won't say neglected, but maybe neglected is the right word, but an afterthought. When in fact, that is the primary purpose of what we're here and about. And that's where the value gets delivered in the products that we write. So, you know, it is our whole purpose. And particularly for us, it's definitely a key part of our purpose to make sure we pay claims quickly so that when that death occurs, nobody has to worry about those immediate needs on the on the funeral side to get those things taken care of. Absolutely. I was in Boston meeting with a carrier a few weeks ago and they were like, our claims process is our redheaded stepchild. Like, we don't want to call it that, but it is. And I'm like, well, you know what? Ben Akiva takes the stepchild and turns it into Cinderella. Like, that is our goal and our mission out there is to change that process. Because I love, I think, I love that analogy. <laughs> yes, there's a misconception out there that carriers don't want to pay claims. And it's simply not true. One, let's talk about the repercussions of not paying claims. It's astronomically high when you get fined right. for that. And there's been plenty of examples of that. But truth be told, at the end of the day, I think it's true that carriers do want to pay out claims. They just don't want to pay the wrong amount or the wrong claim out. So let's kind of talk about the industry over the next five years. What do you predict in all of your experience? What do you think the next five years in the insurance industry are going to look like? I think the adage that, you know, what's going to happen in the next two years is not as dramatic as what we think, but what's going to happen over the next five years is going to be more dramatic. <laughs> so I see over the next five years, just more, you know, and five to 10 years, if you extend it out a little bit, you know, basically consumers are going to, you know, count on us to fill that expectation gap of how we do business. You know, no longer is it going to be acceptable to take two months, three months to pay claims on life claims. I mean, when a life policy reaches a point where the claim needs to be paid, that's a very urgent set of circumstances for the beneficiaries. Typically, they need to have access to that money. And that's what the policy was sold for. So I don't think we're going to have the luxury of allowing those gaps to continue to exist if we want to still be relevant you know, for the future. And I think companies are starting to realize that. And you see a lot more companies focusing on how do we improve the digital workflows, the efficiency, the ability to process claims and other pieces of business, other administrative items, changes to addresses or beneficiaries or those sorts of things. How can we create self-service models and create processes that allow consumers to help make that happen more quickly? And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And a lot of companies saying we have to make the investments to move off of our 1980s technology and processes to bring it at least into the, you know, the early 2000s as far as how we process things. And, and we still have a long ways to go. And it's hard because, you know, it's expensive and it takes time and we're dealing with a lot of legacy systems. And that's one of the things that we like so much about Benakiva is that it didn't require us to make a lot of investments in the core system, but allowed us to, you know, basically make that transition and fill those gaps without 
changing kind of the core processes. Absolutely. And to our listeners right now, and I think Steve, you'd probably agree with me on this, Brent always says it. there's a handful of things that never change, no matter what changes you're going through as a carrier, you're never going to stop processing claims. And there's never going to, you're never going to want to stop asset retention and new business. Like those three things are going to go no matter what system you're using, no matter what admin system, no matter how many legacy systems. So you want to keep the things that are constantly and continually going, going as smoothly as possible. And that, that's a hard, it's overwhelming when we talk to carriers and they're like, we would love this, but we just can't, we can't envision this huge shift or this huge change, which is why Ben Akiva, you know, we have our crawl, walk, run phase where we're like, let's just keep, you know, get it going. And then we'll, we'll grow from there with, with our carriers. And that tends to work a lot better. But, you know, a lot of our feedback that we hear from people that we interview is that you have to innovate. You have to innovate. Insurance industry has been relatively slow to innovate which is contrary to the fact that the insurance industry, there is money in the insurance industry. And yes, it's expensive to innovate, but it has a lot more advantages than other industries. And so we get that feedback a lot of just, they need that Amazon experience. We now live in a generation where they want it to be able to do it from their phone and to be able to do it right away. Yeah. So think about this, like we can order a product and have it in our home within days today. But you can file a life insurance claim and it may not get paid out. First of all, you have to, many cases, you have to file it on paper forms. You have to submit it and you may not get a life insurance claim for 90 days. Now, what's more important that you get your Amazon item in in a few days or you get your life insurance claim paid (laughs) in a few days, right? So so it's just a, a, it's a mind shift for us. And that was part of what excited me about coming to Homesteaders was the opportunity in a mutual company like Homesteaders to have the capacity, the capital to make some investments in moving the company forward and having the ability to do that with a view towards the long-term benefit without chasing quarterly numbers or, you know, what does the investor want today? Typically, you know, that's what focuses everybody on the new business side of things because, you know, processing a claim more quickly doesn't always turn into, you know, an immediate financial gain. But in the long run, better consumer experiences, greater confidence in the profession and fulfilling our obligations is what's going to make the difference in the long run and keep us all relevant. So part of what I like about Homesteaders is we have the ability and other insurance companies do as well. We have the ability, we have the dollars, we have the, you know, the uh, teams internally to make these investments and we need to do it wisely, but we need to do it relatively quickly because the consumers are not as patient as they used to be. The boomers are coming into our space. They're going to be the ones benefiting from the policies that were put in place a long time ago, and they're going to expect us to be able to process things more quickly. Absolutely. And I think that's true across the board with all carriers. And and a big thing that surprises a lot of people we talk to is the asset retention after a claim is paid out in the industry is sitting at 4%. is the average. It's extremely low. And I think that speaks to the claims process a lot. And and just what, I mean, Brent will tell, you know, the story of working with as an advisor, and he would have people just after going through a claims process, just asking to move it to a different company, because it was so awful. And then they moved to that other company. And guess what? 
Same just thing. awful. Yeah. So it's just an, it's been an industry issue and challenge, which is one of the things I love about the Ben Akiva story is they found the issue and built out the platform. They didn't build this platform and then go find a problem to fix. It's yeah, very, that's pretty, pretty impressive. I think it's a huge opportunity. Plus just having someone sit for 90 days waiting for their, you know, the claim to be paid gives them a lot of time. They're going to be planning on what they're going to do with that money. If you can process it more quickly, you can help guide them down a path and reroute them back to products that you as a carrier are already offering. Uh, and it, it's a win-win. It's easy for them. You can make sure they land in a good place and they get a good, you know, good structure on how those funds should be allocated. But you get the asset retention and you and everybody's happy, right? So yep. anyway, I think that's a big part of you know the future value of both Benakiva and you know fixing some of these system gaps and process gaps that we've had in the profession for a long time. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about the challenges within the industry. What do you think are the, sh the biggest challenges the insurance industry is facing today? Well, I think that we all are, almost all of us are operating on legacy systems that weren't designed for the consumer experience after the initial you know, point of sale. So they really aren't built for that. And so trying to find good solutions that we can add on to help enhance that experience is a real challenge. Um, talent, of course, is a challenge. So, you know, one of the things we looked at before we signed up with Benakiva was, you know, is this something we could do internally? We, we did the analysis and we basically said, look, we're not going to touch this for five to six years, not even start. And then it's going to take us, you know, probably another five or six years to build out what we would like, even though we would think we could do it in a shorter time. It never happens when you're doing things internally because resources get reallocated, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's why we stepped in early with Ben Akiva and said, look, this could be a great solution for us. We can move it farther, faster than we would do if we tried to do it internally. And that's panned out to be true. So it's a good move. It's relatively low cost. And you know, just to get the resources to do it internally would be far more expensive than the dollars we're spending with Benakiva to get a, a much better best-in-class solution for our company and our customers. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And for our listeners, if you are considering, and I'm not just talking a claims or servicing platform, but if you are considering the building versus partnering, I'm going to beg of you to partner. It is almost always 99.9% .9 of the time it is the fiscally more responsible thing to do and it will it'll just end up better and it'll take less time we've talked with carriers who invested millions of dollars into building out a platform and in 2 years it's a legacy system and they're having to hire full staff to maintain it and so i always try to encourage our carriers like partner 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 Work with vendors. Find, you do what you do best, but find somebody else who does what they do best to fill those gaps that you have as a carrier. And in today's market where talent is so difficult to retain and attract, it, it even makes more sense than when we start jumped in with Benakiva for us. So it's been, it's been great that we have not had to reallocate kind of our key resources to this project. They're working on other things that are, might have a, a different or higher impact elsewhere in the company. Absolutely. And we've had people ask Ben Akiva, you know, are you guys going to be an admin system? Are you going to do this? And we say, we do claims and servicing best. And that's what we're going to stick to because that, that's where, where our talent is. That's where all of our, you know, opportunity really has been across all product types and, and within the industry. But I think it's just key on focusing on what you, what you do best and, you know, then delegating everything else out. So, 
the economy, I think, is always the looming cloud over every industry, but especially in the insurance industry. Do you feel like the economy is going to impact the insurance industry significantly over the next five years? There's no question that the economy is going to be, you know, continue to be volatile over the next several years. You know, you can see it even today. You know, for us, the rise in interest rates has been a real positive. So that, you know, with our business model, it works well. Um, I think in looking at where the economy is, when you look back over the last 30 years, if you at any point in time, if you, if you said, is the economy going to impact your industry? Yes, it's going to, for sure. But fundamentally, the insurance business, the insurance industry is here for the long haul without regard to what happens in the economy. And that's how we build our business models. And so we can't use that as an excuse not to make the investments we need to be here for the long term. So yeah, at least that's our view is that even through COVID, when we had, we had, you know, being in the business model we're in, we had a lot of excess claims, about 15% excess claims, which was about $60 million for us. But we stayed the course on all of our strategic objectives because we knew in the long run, those are the things we need to do to be relevant in five and 10 years. And if we don't do those things, if we put them off because of some something that happens in the current environment, we're never going to be there for the long term. And as a mutual company, that's one of the things I like. We have the luxury of doing some of that. Maybe some other companies don't have as much luxury. They have different structures. But our board was very supportive of us continuing along our strategic paths, making the investments we needed to make to make sure we're here for the long term. And that's part of, I think, our responsibility as executives of insurance companies to make sure that our companies are going to be here for the next hundred years for our policy owners, not just going to hit the next quarterly number or the next, you know, get our bonuses for the this annual year or respond, you know, because we think something might be going a little bit off kilter in the next, you know, six, nine, 12 months. Again, some of these things are fundamental long-term strategic moves that we have to make to be relevant for the future. And it's our view that we have to continue to make those investments and then manage around what's happening in the economy in other ways, but not necessarily, you know, turn the switch off and on on these kind of long term strategic fundamental projects relative to what we think might happen next quarter or next year. Absolutely. I had a great professor at Harvard. His name's Bruce. So if you're listening, Bruce, this is my shout out to you. But he said the industries and the companies that that really sustain are the ones who do not take a ride on the highs and lows of, of the economy or of the predictions or of the fear or of the excitement. And they just stay the steady course of what their mission and their goal is. And, you know, you make changes as needed, but you you essentially just stay focused on your mission and your long-term plan and goals. And I think that is, a, that is wisdom and brings a lot of value to the in- insurance industry because we are one of the oldest industries in the country. You know, our the life insurance existed before the United States of America existed. The first life insurance company existed before the United States had officially signed our Declaration of Independence. And so, you know, we've it's the industry has been around for a very, very long time. And I think we're, it's obviously going to continue that. And so just staying focused on those long term goals I and mean, your strategic plan is is essential. So let's let's jump and say what advice would you give to carriers out there? One, I would say, like you said before, you find partners who are going to help you solve these problems, you know, 
quickly and relatively easily. I think Benakiva is one of those partners. Two, don't be afraid to make the investment. Um, you need to make the investment. You need to move to where you need to be because you never know when the market is going to um, move from a standpoint of accepting you know, the status quo versus demanding a better model. And if you're not moving towards what you think the future is, you're likely going to be caught off guard and again, be less relevant. And if you rest on your laurels to save a few dollars this year and this year and the next year, you ultimately will pay the price in the market because you're not relevant anymore. That's, that's our view. And the final thing I would say, and this is exceedingly important for us in the business we're in, claims is where the rubber meets the road with the consumer. That's where you know the value offering of what we do as insurance carriers, particularly in the life space, is is proven out is when we pay a claim and we can't take for granted that the consumer the beneficiary is going to be okay with really antiquated processes and systems mm -hmm. in, in that regard and their need fundamentally their need is to get the access to those funds and get access to those funds quickly it's why the policy owner entered into that policy in the first place was to provide you know support to their family and friends or whoever when when the death occurs and so it's incumbent on us to fix those process issues that we've had and no longer accept just because it may not be immediately urgent, no longer accept those antiquated processes because the technology is there to do things more quickly, more effectively, and still mitigate your risk and manage that accordingly and still get process claims processed in a relatively short period of time. So, you know, to me, everything else is an excuse and the real value proposition of everything we do is when the claim gets paid. Right. So yeah. it's the whole purpose for the consumer of what of entering into a policy in the first place. And if we continue to fail to deliver on the claims payment side, ultimately consumers will find other ways to meet their needs relative to these kind of insurance products. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. For our listeners, Homesteaders Life is one of our most valued partners. We've had the privilege of, of working with them on, on multiple different areas over the last few years. And and I, I speak with Jeff, who works on your team pretty regularly. And, you know, I'm like, he is a gem of a person. And we so appreciate working with you guys and being able to partner with you over the these last four years. And I appreciate your time this morning. It has been a pleasure to get to talk with you, Steve, on this cold, blistering Iowa day. And we just, we appreciate your partnership. Thanks, Ashley. We really feel like Benakiva has brought a great solution to the market. And it's a great solution for us where, you know, paying a claim out quickly for our policy owners, our funeral home partners is so critical. It's definitely helped us up our game and streamline our processes and make sure that our systems and processes are more resilient so that we'll be ready for the next five to 10 years. So thank you. Thanks again for all that you guys are doing. Thanks for bringing a creative new solution to the market that's helping everybody process claims better. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, if you want to go to benakiva.com and click our Benakiva Connects podcast tab, you will see all of our podcasts, our most recent ones and the ones we have already done. Please take a listen and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Benakiva Connects podcast. Make sure to visit our website www.benakivaconnects.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. 
While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you liked this show, you might want to check out a demo of our software. Simply go to www.benakiva.com and click Request a Demo. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we will continue setting the digital foundation for end-to-end claims and servicing transformation.